Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Telepathy, the weekly podcast with new episodes premiering every single Tuesday. How fun. How exciting. Anyways, hey, guys. Um, Okay, that was a really weird intro. I don't know, like, what has gotten into me, but if you can't tell by the lack of voices and how it's just my voice, today's episode is just me. How many people just clicked off? No, I'm just kidding. But you get me the entire episode, the entire 50 minutes. Okay, I need to like slow down. Like I'm already like out of breath from like just me talking. Um, Bear with me. There might be a lot of awkward pauses. Well, I'll edit those out, but like, you know what I mean? Um, Because I have nobody to like bounce off of. Anna has in fact fled the scene once again. No, I'm just kidding. She's at a concert um, and she's like back in Savannah or whatever doing doing her things. But um, that can be in her week recap next week. So not gonna not gonna share her business i'm just kidding but um anyways today's episode i'm gonna go ahead and like introduce the topic and then we'll do all of the the things you know like the introduction the camp questions if you're a returning listener you already know if you're not just enjoy be ready buckle your seatbelts. okay basically you read the title like you read the title before clicking on this. So like, you know, you you have an idea of what's about to go down. Today, we're talking about how to cut off somebody toxic or like how to identify a toxic person in your life because they are all around. I'm just kidding. This one's really dramatic, but I want to preface this by saying that today's episode is just like kind of like me giving advice and like discussing this topic, kind of analyzing like what it means and stuff, you know, like if you're if you're here for the drama, if you're here for the tea, if you are here for me like trying to like shade people, then like this, then respectfully leave. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and that's more of like a message of like, I don't know, if you're listening to this just to hear me like gossip, like that's not what we're here for today. Like that's not what we're doing. I'm not shading, not calling people out, you know, like we're just talking about how to cut somebody off. This is already like going worse than I thought, but basically. Let's do the camp question now because, okay, yeah, and I guess I have to come up with it. So I can make it really subjective to me, which is great. I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, the camp question is name, age, favorite record that I own that is very, like, personal to me, but I'm just, like, looking up at the records on my wall, and I'm like, let's do a question about that. Now I have to actually think of, like, which record is my favorite I'm going to do which one is my favorite at the moment because, oh wait, I guess, I guess I'll do both. Okay. Name. Hi, I'm Enzo. Age. I'm 16. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me like take a deep breath because I'm just like speaking without breathing. Cause it's like, okay. Anyways, my favorite record at the moment is the record by Boy Genius. It's just like really pretty. It sounds gorgeous. It doesn't skip. Um, and then hearing that first track where it's all of them harmonizing and like, the quality of it, it sounds like the original track sounds like a voice memo almost. Like it's super like not heavily produced or anything. And I love like the raw, the rawness of it. And it just sounds gorgeous on vinyl. So absolutely love that. And then my favorite one of all time is probably Queen by Nicki Minaj because I have the two LP like pressing of it, whatever, on the orange vinyl, which is in fact discontinued. But I I do have her in my collection. I bought it off of eBay. It was an anxious purchase during my chemistry class, but that's fine. (laughs) Anyways, also, I know that I said that this one was like super personal to me, but if you have records, 
go to the little like Q&A poll thingy on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're not, like we still love you. Um, but answer the question and I'd love to read those. If you don't have a record player, just like, I don't know, tell me how your day has been. Everyone tell me how your day has been in a little Q&A poll. Um, or if you're listening on YouTube or something like the comment section or like DM us on Instagram, which... I guess is a good little promo for our Instagram, which is at the telepathy pod. That's also our TikTok. And then same with our like little YouTube handle. If you want to like check out the episodes on there and then, yeah, I think that's it. My YouTube channel personally is Enzo Antonio. And then Anna's is Anna Catherine. She finally uploaded. Anna is back to YouTube. I'm so excited. Everybody go like show some love to her new video so yeah i also like my video too i like it boba like if you want to like watch that too oh my god anyways oh my gosh solo podcasting like i literally have so much respect for solo podcasters and i'm only like two minutes into the episode i'm more than two minutes into the episode but like how how do people do this because anyways okay music and tv shout outs so i got back from italy like two-ish days ago and I watched some movies on the airplane, so I have to shout those out. Number one is The Bridesmaid, Bridesmaids. It's really funny. And, like, I was embarrassing myself on the plane because I was just, like, laughing so hard. And, like, if you have not seen this movie, like, it will make your day. If you're in a bad mood, watch this movie. Everyone just watch this movie. Anyways, the next one I watched is Moonrise Kingdom by Wes Anderson. And I said this in my Letterboxd review, but... It's, like, it's too pretty of a film, like, too, like, visually pleasing to, like, not enjoy. It's about, like, a child romance. I was going to say teenage romance, but it's literally between, between, okay? It's between two 12-year-olds, which, not going to lie, when I read the description, I was, like, please, I don't know, don't make this weird. Because also I thought about the fact that, like, there was, like, an adult director writing about, like, literal children in love, which I don't know, it just, like, rubs me the wrong way for, like, no reason at all actually for many reasons but um yeah it wasn't like it was weird but it was like it wasn't too weird like it was weird in terms of it was funny like how like devoted they were to each other even though they were literally 12 um but it like wasn't I'm glad they I was gonna like actually scream if they added in like weird scenes but okay anyways that was a really good movie that's my music shout out. Do I have any like music to shout out? I guess since it's just me, I can shout out all of the things that I want. I'm just kidding. Um, oh my gosh. So I need to watch the show, I guess, but it's called The Idol on HBO Max. And two of the songs, which is popular and one of the girls from the soundtrack I've listened to, and they're really good. Um, popular features Playboy Cardi and Madonna. And then the other one features Jenny and Lily Rose Depp, which like love Blackpink so I was like I have to tune into this and I loved so okay now we're just getting straight into the topic which this is going to be like a very sudden shift from like oh my god I watched this movie to all of a sudden being like cut them off I'm just kidding um okay how many times am I going to say I'm just kidding I'm like limit myself to like only say like three more times in this episode so First, let's talk about how to identify a toxic person. First, I'm going to read my notes that I took, and then we're going to turn to our favorites, our icon, the queen herself, Google. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, how to know if somebody's toxic. Number one, 
is just trust your gut. Like, I know it's like super like self-explanatory, but I think to some extent we will always know when somebody's not serving us in the correct way. And when I say serve, I mean like their role in life is not beneficial. And to define beneficial, I'm not just talking about like you're getting something from this and it's not mutual. I mean beneficial in terms of like it does feel mutual. It does feel balanced. It's not just one-sided, which brings me to number two. The friendship is super one-sided. This can also be about relationships too, but like I have like no experience with that. So I would almost feel like a clown just sitting here telling you about like relationships. Anyways, um, if you find that there's a person in your life that like you're always there for them, which like that's not a bad thing, obviously. Like it's not like a bad thing to be there for somebody, but when it feels like they're just talking to you about their problems and kind of ranting about their life, but the second you may have something going on, it's like crickets, like they don't care. Or like it's okay to have a bad day. Like it's okay to rant to your friends. Like we all we all need that. And we all deserve that. But when it seems like somebody's only coming to you to kind of like I don't know, to just kind of like throw all this stuff on you, but then not return that same that same energy and that same behavior when you need it. A red flag. Okay, I keep forgetting you can't see my facial expressions and that probably just came out of nowhere. But okay, number three, they only reach out to you when they need something. I kind of just touched on like how they only reach out to you when they need to like, you know, dump a bunch of stuff on you, but how this can play out in other scenarios and situations even very simple things like the only time they'll text you is like hey what's the homework can you send me the homework or like that's something super random and I feel like that's kind of a conversation that you would have with just somebody random in your class but if you find that they're only wanting to talk to you to get something from you well like even whether that's like advice which like okay I know I already talked about this. So let me make it so clear that like it's okay to like that's what literally what friends are for is to like vent and to get advice from each other and to like be there for each other. It's kind of hard to like explain, but if you've ever experienced this, like you'll understand. You know what I mean? Um, like you'll know when the dynamic is off and when it feels very, very toxic, you know? Number four, they look super uninterested when they're talking about literally anything that's not related to themselves. Um, this one, I feel like I don't even need to explain. Number five, they're using you for something. This is similar to number three, but an example is, let's say your friend doesn't have their license, but you do. And the only time they're like reaching out to you is if they need a ride or, you know, maybe the only activities they want to do is something involving your car or like just super like random examples like that. That was all I had from my notes about identifying a toxic friend, but let's turn to the queen herself Google, like I was saying. So here's this website that I stumbled across. It's from artofmanliness.com. And I know you're like, Enzo, what the heck? Like what? Like, anyways, hear me out. I, I not gonna lie, when I clicked on this, I thought it was gonna be some like alpha male, like gym bro way of being like, how to cut off your friend who doesn't want to lift weights with you. I'm just kidding. Um, oh my gosh, I use mine. Just kidding. Okay, that's number one out of three. Okay, it says how to know who's truly toxic. Bullet point number one: toxic people try to control you. 
Then it says, strange as it might sound, people who aren't in control of their own lives tend to want to control yours. Okay. If you are talking about things occurring in your life or maybe like decisions and stuff, and your friend is always dying, your quote unquote friend, let's say that, is dying to have an input constantly or constantly trying to insert themselves in decisions in your life. For example, you say, hey, I think I'm going to do this to my hair. I think I'm going to dye my hair this color. Or like, okay, let's be clear. If your friend is like saying something and you're like, girl, don't do it. Like that's one thing. But just simple decisions like that. They're like, hmm, do you really want to? I'm not sure about that. Just sneaky little criticism on your life. But like criticism that's way bigger than just your friend simply being like, hey, let's like, uh, I don't know. You know, like there's a huge difference. Next bullet point, toxic people disregard your boundaries. If you're always telling someone to stop behaving a certain way and they only continue, that person is probably toxic. For example, to keep going on the like situation I was just talking about, let's say you tell your friend that, I'm just going to use the example of like dyeing your hair. Okay, let's say you're dyeing your hair red. Your friend is like, hey, I don't know about that one. Are you sure? Being super toxic. And you say, hey, like maybe your intentions aren't completely negative, but I would appreciate if you stopped criticizing every single thing I do in life and just let me live. And then they continue to like disrespect those boundaries and cross the line, you know? Next bullet point, toxic people take without giving. And the bullet point says, sometimes you need a hand and sometimes your friend does, but in the end, it more or less evens out. Not with a toxic person though. They're often there to take what they can get from you as long as you're willing to give it, end quote. I'm just trying to make it clear like what I'm saying and what I'm reading. And I think very toxic behavior is when you're when you no longer have anything to offer and then suddenly that person is just like poof, gone, or then they go to somebody else or then they're not as nice to you. Like that's extremely toxic behavior because how they treat you should not depend on what you're giving them or like how much you can give to them or like how much time you're willing to offer. You know, like for example, if you have a lot of homework and your friend calls you and they're just going off about something and to be honest, the entire time you're like, what? Like this is not okay. And you really have to get back to your homework, but they just keep going on. And then you say, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't mean to cut you off, but I really like, I have to have dinner. I have to do homework. And then they just say, well, okay. And then move on to somebody else. And I'm going to keep saying this as a disclaimer that like, if there is just something really heavy on your heart or like something you just need to talk about and you call your friend, like there is nothing wrong with that. I do think it is helpful to like, not like set the boundary, but just call and be like, hey, is it okay if I talk about something super quickly? Like, is now a good time? Um, and like, we've all been in situations where it's like, I don't care what you're doing right now. Like, I, I have to talk to you, you know? That's totally okay. And that's not like toxic. But when your friend is calling you for three hours just to rant about like a guy or something, and the ratio of who's talking is like 99% them talking to you, which is 1%, then it's starting to feel like toxic behavior. Do you know what I mean? Next bullet point. Toxic people are always quote unquote right. And then I'm going to read what the bullet point says. They're going to find ways to be right even when they're not. They rarely, 
in parentheses, if ever, admit they've messed up, miscalculated, or misspoken. I think that when we make mistakes, it is important to not just, like, hate ourselves and to not, and to, like, give ourselves some grace, you know? But, but accountability is also super important. And when we're skipping the accountability step to go straight to, like, the forgiving yourself, or, like, I'm putting this in quotes because a lot of people will use, like, the forgiving themselves as a way out from taking accountability for their actions, kind of not accepting the consequences of it and just kind of expecting everyone to move on because you're like, well, I've moved on so everyone else should, you know? The next thing is that toxic people will have a pattern of lying and not just like, as it says here, it's like, it's not just natural exaggeration or like a white lie here and there, but it's just like blatant patterns of dishonesty. Okay, next, toxic people love to be victims. They seek to find ways to feel oppressed, put down, or marginalized in ways they're clearly not. This might take the form of excuses, rationalization, or out-and-out blaming. If your friend is trying to quote-unquote own up to a mistake they've made, but that consists of them being like, well, actually, it's not entirely my fault because blah, 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 or you could have done this instead, so it's not my fault, you know? That's not accountability. That's just them literally trying to make themselves feel better and dismissing how you feel. Or also it could be how somebody else feels, you know? Like if they've done something to somebody else and they're talking to you about it and just kind of ranting and saying like, I know I messed up, but blah, 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 this happened, you know? That I feel is toxic. The last bullet point is that toxic people don't take responsibility. And, it, and this article says that a common quote is people saying, it's just the way things are. Once again, I think that goes back to the previous one where kind of just saying, well, it happened. Like, that's not accountability. That's not owning the consequences to your actions. That's trying to dismiss it and being toxic. How many times am I going to say toxic in this episode? Now, let's talk about how to cut somebody toxic off. I haven't fully read this article yet, but I did come up with some of my own. So let's discuss. Okay. I think the initial paragraph is super important. And this can be like, this honestly can be handwritten. Like I know people who have like literally sent handwritten letters. Like, no, it's not like a 1900s thing to do. Like it's like, we're just being mature adults here. But I think once you've identified a toxic person in your life and you fully come to the realization that this person cannot be in your life and they are not beneficial and maybe making you feel worse about yourself or causing you to be in situations that you don't feel comfortable in or all of the above, et cetera, you know? This is when I think it's important to send the text that's saying, you know, you don't have to fully go into every single detail of like, this is what I'm accusing you of. Like, it doesn't have to be accusatory. It can just be, hey, I don't morally agree with this. I can't get on board with this. Or saying like, I don't think that this has not been working out for me good mentally. I can't continue to do this. And I think it's good to make it clear that like you don't want to have like a back and forth argument about this or not even an argument. And if you do want this to be a conversation, like there's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of the times I've made the mistake of inviting a conversation in, like allowing this person to once again manipulate you or not take responsibility by being like it kind of allows them to once again manipulate you or um 
say their classic stuff like, that wasn't my intention, but I'm sorry you felt that way. Or just like the classic lines, you know, we've all probably heard them. Yeah, if you make it clear that like, I don't want to like have a full on conversation about this. I don't want to discuss this. Like, this is something that I cannot do anymore. Like, this is not working out at all. Like having you in my life is toxic. I think that is a good conversation to have. And I feel like it's easier said than done because that is a scary text to send. I think that also in the initial text, if you do want to have a conversation about it, you can say, this is all I'm saying for now. If we want to discuss this anymore, let's talk about it in person. Let's have a phone call because I think back and forth texting is not beneficial in the situation for many reasons. Like I think like if you're sending a paragraph that has many different elements to it and many different things that you want to talk about, it kind of like leaves them room to like maybe skip some details and go straight to one or like dismiss one thing, you know, and kind of just subtly ignore it by not answering one text, but answering the other. Do you know what I mean? I think it's good to have an in-person conversation where you can say, this happened, this was not okay. And then they can fully let those words sit with them and not just kind of like, oh, skim over the text and ignore it. You know what I mean? Now let's go back to our lovely website. Art, why is this called Art of Manliness? Like what is the purpose of this website? I don't know, but I did read one of the things before and this is what um, kind of caught my eye about this article. But one of the bullet points is consider creating distance instead of separation. And when I read this, I haven't read like the paragraph underneath it. I kind of just like let that sit with me for a second. And I was like, well, like, what does that mean? And the way that I interpreted this is you want to create mental distance and not necessarily physical separation. If physical separation is like necessary, then by all means, yes, absolutely. But I think in some situations it's less about like, oh, I can't be in the same room as you, but more of like, we can exist and be in the same room or be in a group setting or something or at like, I don't know, a party. Um, like that can happen, but I will not allow going back to these sort of toxic tendencies or I'm not going to let this part back into my life. Do you know what I mean? Okay. But what this bullet point, I guess, originally meant was, I'm reading it now. It's talking about a person who's not necessarily toxic, but just not beneficial in your life. Okay, it says, remember the person we talked about above? Okay, I guess we talked about that before. The one who's not toxic, but just a drag. You don't have to cut these people out of your life completely. You just need to create distance by occupying your time with other friends and activities and agreeing not to feed into their dynamic. Okay, that was like so different from how I interpreted it, but I honestly am vibing with both interpretations. I actually love this one because... I mean, I think I've had instances where like there's people in my life that I've accepted, you know, we can be friends, like our dynamic isn't toxic, but we just can't be super close friends. Like I can't let this person in to like my tight circle. Do you know what I mean? Like I think this plays out if you've had like a falling out with a friend or something and maybe you were like best friends and then eventually time passes and maybe you talk things out. And when I say falling out, I mean for other reasons that doesn't consist of them having extremely toxic behavior. Um, but if it was just like a right person, wrong time kind of thing, you know, or even if you're just like able to kind of like re reconcile, like 
later on and like talk through your problems and and all of that and kind of like forgive each other. So kind of just like being able to allow that person back into your life without being like, okay, you're back to my number one person. Like if you have a best friend and then you fall out and then this person comes back into your life, it doesn't have to be like, oh, this person is my best friend again now. You know, like they can still exist in your life without playing that same role that they did before. Because sometimes it's just not right. It's like, okay, we can be friends and I can still like appreciate the times that we've had together and all of that. But I can't go back to the time of my life where it was just you and me and we were only doing things together because it didn't work. Do you know? Okay, now let's read the rest of this list because I'm intrigued. Okay, this one says block them on social media. I think a lot of times people don't want to block people on social media because they're like, oh, well, this is such like a new world thing. Like I can't block somebody in real life. But I think there are many reasons to block somebody. There are ways to block somebody without it having to be this super petty thing, you know, or like even unfollowing them. Like if there is a toxic person in your life and you're just like, I don't want to see your posts. I don't want to see what new friends you've replaced me with. Like just don't go on their profile, you know, or if it's the other way around and you feel uncomfortable with them looking at your profile and seeing, wow, so you said I was toxic and now you're hanging out with this person. That's so lame. You know, like you shouldn't have to deal with that. And therefore it is okay to not allow somebody to view your profile, you know? Now let's see what this website says because I just kind of went on my own personal thoughts on that, but let's see. Technology makes distancing more difficult, so don't leave any window open for them to bully you. You've set boundaries, stick to them. Okay, that's interesting. If you've already had the conversation with them, that's like, we can't see each other anymore. Like, I don't think it's beneficial to hang out. This is not good. They may say, okay, and then they won't call you on the phone for three hours again, but maybe they'll find the little subtle ways to swipe up on your story and be like, wow, that pasta looks so yummy. <laughs> okay, what was that example? But if they swipe up on your story and it's like, I don't know, just like sneaky little toxic stuff trying to like slither their way back in, you know? And it doesn't even have to be like mean, you know? Like even if they're swiping up with something completely like no negative intentions behind it, like it's still just the fact that you've set boundaries and they're kind of slithering their way. Do you know what I mean? Why do I say do you know what I mean after anything? I think I just listen to anything goes too much. Okay, these next two ones I think are super important and I am very guilty of not sticking to this. Number one, accept that it might be a process. The website says getting rid of toxic elements isn't always easy. They don't respect your boundaries now, so it's likely they won't respect them later. They might come back even after you tell them to go away. You might have to tell them to leave several times before they finally do. So keep in mind that distancing yourself is a gradual process. Okay, that is interesting. That is not what I thought. Like, that's not the first thing that came to my mind when I first read this. I kind of thought it was more about accepting that you might have to slowly cut them off. Maybe they'll have to slowly exit your life, for example. Maybe you stop hanging out one-on-one with them, but you'll still see them in a friend group or at like a group setting event or something, you know? And then after that, it's like you only see them in the hallways at school. And then just kind of like working your way down from there. Okay, the next one. Don't feel like you owe them a huge explanation. Wow, this is interesting. It says, any explaining you do is more for you than for them. 
Again, tell them how you feel, which is a subject not open for debate. Or if you prefer to keep it simple, tell them calmly and well, calmly and kindly that you don't want them in your life anymore and leave it at that. How much or how little you tell them is really up to you. Every relationship requires a different approach. So kind of like what I was saying before about you don't have to insinuate a conversation if you don't feel comfortable doing that. Even if it's something that they did maybe a few months ago and it took you a while to like process and realize, oh my gosh, this is not okay. Or like you're still kind of like living with that burden of being hurt by them, you know? You don't have to reopen or readdress those wounds, you know what I mean? You don't have to try to let them explain themselves and say whatever to try to convince you that, hey, actually this was okay. And, you know, they've already made their intentions very clear by their actions. So there's no point in, like, essentially allowing them to try to convince you otherwise, you know? Oh my gosh, another one of the bullet points is consider writing a letter. The next one is... Don't argue, just restate your boundaries. Okay, it says it's tempting to fall into the dynamic of toxicity by arguing or fighting. That is precisely what toxic people do. In the event they do return, make a promise with yourself to avoid an argument. Arguing is never good. I was going to say it's rarely good, but I can't think of like a scenario where genuinely arguing is beneficial for anyone. Like you can have discussions about something, even if it's a discussion that you know, there's a lot of disagreeing. There's a lot of hard feelings, you know, it does not, it never has to be an argument. Okay. I think I definitely learned a lot from this today. Um, one, I learned that solo podcasting is hard and I don't know, but I do love like podcasting in general has really helped me with like social skills and also like learning to articulate, which I'm still, I'm getting, I'm, I'm trying to get better, you know, like I, there was, there was a lot of rambling today, I feel like, but I hope, I hope at least some of it made sense and I hope that you can walk away from this feeling better about something. And if at any point throughout this episode, kind of like anything that we discussed, kind of like was thought provoking or made you think about like a specific person in your life and you're like, oh shoot, like I've been feeling this way for a while because sometimes it's weird. This is also, I think this is also the hardest thing about cutting off toxic people or identifying a toxic person is that you may like not like still want them in your life but you may not want to let them go you know maybe you fear that if you cut them off you know people won't like you or something or they're gonna spread a bunch of lies about you or maybe you're a part of a friend group and you think that if you cut this person off then it might mess everything up, you know, but I think in situations like this, you have to focus on what you're feeling. You can't think about how this is gonna, this might change something for somebody else. You have to do what's best for you. And that is the moral of the story. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, I hope that this made sense. I don't know. I'm like scared. I'm going to edit this and be like, honey, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, but anyways, what am I doing after this episode? You may ask, because that's a segment we do. I always forget. Um, I'm going to my friend's house and I'm going to cook pasta, I think. Um, cause I literally leave for my little film intensive. I never did a week recap. I'm just realizing, 
That's fine. Um, but yeah, I leave for a little film thing for like a month soon. So I've just been packing a lot today and I have to make sure I do finish all of that before leaving. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, give us a review wherever you're listening. Much appreciated. But yeah, we release new episodes every Tuesday. So check back then, like follow our podcast or whatever. I don't know, like, I don't know what platform you guys are listening on. So I don't know how to like say the correct terms. You know what I mean? Um, oh, I said it again. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. If today's not been the best for you, we will try again tomorrow. New day tomorrow, new fresh start, you know. Um, you got this. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.